Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty on Licking Non-Vanilla with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Hey, my little droogs. You reach Licking Non-Vanilla, as you always do, when you reach Licking Non-Vanilla. I'm Ralph Greco Jr., your host with the most on the East Coast. And clear across the country from me is... Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian, from the smoky and post-apocalyptic wasteland that is Eugene, Oregon. At the moment, with the wildfire. At the right, moment, Chris? exactly. What's it look like out there? It's yellow. I mean, it's it's <laughs> quite spooky because it looks like the road warrior out there. I mean, That's it's just good. nothing but yellow skies. You can't see more than a block at a, at a, at a time. That's not good. Um, oh, we have a guest today, all the way from merry old England, and... Uh, Chloe, we're, we're sorry you guys lost the war. Oh, me too. Gosh, I know. Hi, thank you for having me, both of you. I really appreciate it. Big, it's, big it's, fan of the podcast. Isn't she sweet? Now, Chloe, you have a podcast there. Tell us about the podcast you have there. Yeah, well, we're a little baby podcast called Stripper Stories Podcast. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, it just started off by me uh, just talking about my experiences working in the sex industry, which is uh, you know been gentrified recently and is in the media everywhere so i just thought you know why not just talk about the things that have happened to me and and i invite loads of guests and friends on there and they also do the same so it's a it's pr- it's a pretty not fit for work podcast but mm-hmm. it's uh it's a lot of fun well we like that chris right not fit for work absolutely absolutely <laughs> um yeah. i was gonna just just say it say it slowly how people can find the, the name of the podcast it's a stripper stories podcast Stripper Stories um, podcast, and we'll put yeah. that up on the blog when we when we blog about this episode, mm-hmm. so people can find you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you said you worked in the industry. How have you worked in the industry? Uh, well, I've been working in the industry for about eight years. I started off um, as a dancer in like the strip clubs in London, um, the super clubs, and then I worked as a GFE, like Walker Girlfriend Experience, um, which is, I guess, a sugar baby to the guys in the States. And then um, I was a dominatrix as well in the dungeons. And then now I work uh, post-COVID on uh, adult work campsite, which is good from home. No COVID for me. And uh, I'm also <laughs> doing a little baby podcast, which is good. So that's me, yeah. And you will give, you'll also give people um, where, where they can find you other places, right? Can we do that too? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, um, I'll send it all to you so you can put it in your show notes at the end if you like. I would Worth like to wicked. do that. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Thank you. And, um, well, Chris, what's a dominatrix? <laughs> You're asking me. You know, we're, we're extremely non, we're extremely vanilla here, although we call Pull the show licking on vanilla. We don't even know what that means, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah, I'm pretty basically. sure that is not the case. Yeah, yeah. Have you, Chris, have you ever been to accent? a dominatrix? Chris, could you just <laughs> die with that accent or what, man? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time putting two words together right now. I'm just, it's, it's I'm so... just completely lost in the accent. I mean, <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned the war. Is there any chance that we could come back 
Um, That's I mean, absolutely fine. You know, I will lock this... you in the dungeon any day of the week. Don't yeah, you worry cause... about it. Oh, what a nice girl. You know, the, this, we, we want to become ba back of the U. We want to be p part of the UK again. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you are more than welcome, Chris. If, if nothing over. but the cheese, if nothing for the, the chocolate and the tea, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Chloe, let, let's talk about something. You, you reached out, actually, and I'm glad you did, because something happened recently with, um, with Bella Thorne, and we want to. And this is a really interesting subject because Chris and I, on Licking on Vela, which is you, we, you have reached Licking on Vela, by the way. On the show, we try to take on as much as we can sex positive wise or, or mm -hmm. sexuality in general in the mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. And you reached out about this, this, well, want of a better term, a controversy over Bella Thorne and what she did recently. Let's talk about what happened and, and what you think of the repercussions. Well, I mean, if you haven't heard already, it's everywhere, all over Twitter, everything, that there's this there's this subscription platform called OnlyFans, and I'm sure you guys know about it. I most mm -hmm. definitely know about it. Um, I don't have one myself, but a lot of my friends do. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's been around for a couple of years now, and it's a subscription-based platform where people can pay X amount of money to see people's private uh, content, which is kind of like it's kind of like an Instagram, but a bit more slutty, a bit more mm -hmm. naughty, but very sex positive. Women can just give as little or as much as they like. Um, well, Bella Thorne, seeing as she's like the Disney princess, that's always been slightly a little bit, um, a bit a bit more sex positive, a bit of a feminist when it comes to sex. She's always been mm -hmm. really out there with her body image and everything. She's she's tried to say. Um, that she's starting an OnlyFans account to um, showcase how how a woman in in her position in the limelight can also be sl like slutty and outward and you know very in touch with her, her sexuality and she wanted to push OnlyFans forward for all the sex industry workers out there by doing mm -hmm. this. So she's created this account. Um, and she has specified on there that she's going to be showing like not fit for work content. So mm -hmm. something that you won't be able to find on her Instagram, for instance. And right. if anyone's seen her Instagram, it is pretty, it's pretty raunchy. It's on the raunchiest side of Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and so people were paying for her subscription. Um, were expecting a little bit more than that. Now, <laughs> when they <laughs> paid for it and they've actually like uploaded all these images, they were just exactly the same as what she was putting on her Instagram account. So Ooh. she, yeah, so she basically overpromised and underdelivered. And um, which I mean, a lot of people do all the time. But she, the one problem was that she made a million dollars in a day. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I heard about and then that. she made two million in a week. Oh my well, God. Which is Chris? That's usually what you're making a week, right? That's about about that much. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. you know, with, between the alimony payment and right, the, uh, right. you know the you know keeping the maintenance up on the Ferrari and the in the that's, palatial mansion. That's well, that's about the right. problem, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I heard I'd heard that the numbers were crazy, and she, like you said, did not deliver. Mm -hmm. No, I mean it's not the problem that she she opened an OnlyFans account. Anyone can do it. You guys could do it. You know, like yeah. my cat could make one. That's mm. not the problem. I mean, it's just that she. She overpromised and underdelivered, and there's like other, there's lots of other celebrities out there that have opened OnlyFans accounts, like Cardi B, for instance. But she, mm -hmm. she does state, guys, you know, you're not going to see wet ass pussy. You're not going to see, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
like you know anything other than a side boob and maybe some like backstage access to her videos right so people yes. were, were understanding what she was offering um so basically there was just so many chargebacks with bella thorne to the point where now only fans has decided to change their subscription platform to like to half the amount that it was before so you could charge up to 200 pounds for tips now it's only a hundred bucks and mm-hmm. then you could charge up to a hundred uh pounds for subscriptions and that's only 50 bucks so everybody's been tarnished with the bella thorne brush unfortunately so a lot of women have a lot to say especially women who are like making their ends meet from this this site now only getting half the money that they were getting before and not only that that they're not getting their money until 30 days after they that, the oh, that really sucks yeah that the return really policy sucks. change right yep yeah, yeah. So it was a week, and now it's thirty days. So everyone's like losing their minds. So yeah, it's, it's not it's not a good time to be an OnlyFans uh, account holder right now. I don't think. Well, you know, you know what's interesting too, because I, I read that the OnlyFans said they did not change the policy because of what she did, which is you know, yeah, I read that too. Right, you read that right, Chris. They're kind of like yeah. kind of like covering their asses. But... It's still pretty suspicious, though. I mean, yeah. I you mean, know, it, that they did this yeah. right now. Right. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. The timing's kind of uh, it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting, but. Yeah. It's interesting and unfortunately interesting that someone with that kind of a, um, a, a, a large public presence could go in and, and lay waste to something very quickly and very easily, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a big shame. I mean, like I was, I've, I've said on a couple of other podcasts and to my friends as well, it's like for coming from the, from the strip clubs, we all know what it's like to just want to make your money and go home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. like, we want to, it's very, it's a very, dog-eat-dog world, but for someone to, uh, which is basically what Bella Thorne has done, she's made her money and now she's split, um, not not doing the things that she's promised. And uh, I don't know, it, it's a funny thing because I can completely understand Like everyone's got to eat, whether it's like two million pounds worth of eating or if it's like 200 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah. But but I mean, there is a way of doing it. And in, especially right now during COVID in like in this struggling economy anyway. <laughs> and yeah. I'm with, a, with an industry that has got so much um, negativity towards it as it is. I don't mm-hmm. think this kind of needed it, but I can kind of, I mean, you kind of get where she she's coming from, Bella Thorne. I mean, she just tried to make some money, but just got it very, very seriously wrong. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I'd like to think her heart's in the right place, but. Well, I don't they, know. She made some. She made some comment about she was going on because she was doing a research for a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's then, another thing. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. another person she was doing the film with said that that's not true. There was there's nothing going on. So it was kind of like a lot of that. You know, Chris, we hear this often that backpedaling. You know. Exactly. Exactly. I know she's also mm-hmm. done like she's trying to like you know say oh I didn't you know I wanted to promote it you know I wanted to promote sex work and the platform but mm-hmm. you know again it's like she didn't think this through because you know ripping people off is i don't know where that you know logic comes in i mean it's like you know it's like you're, you're supposed to be sex positive you're supposed to be supporting this and then you do something that ends up costing people their income because you just you know kind of like don't understand how the platform works it just really doesn't make a lot of sense it doesn't i mean and you think with someone who has access to so many uh ports of information that she would have at least maybe spoken to a couple of girls on OnlyFans to learn mm-hmm. how it worked or at least asked her assistants to mm-hmm. speak to other people to you know what I mean like it, it's just very um naive yeah. and quite sad really it just she just so was so far removed from it that you know it, it was bound to cause an issue um mm-hmm. 
but I mean, what can you do? It's like, I mean, I've seen it, like I said, I've seen it so much in my career, like in this industry where people will step on others just for their own gain. And it's just this on a mm -hmm. higher level. Like women are saying now, we don't need any more muggles to come into the sex industry, trying to dip their toe in the water and then just mm. leaving with this catastrophic problem, mm -hmm. um, which I completely agree with now after this. I mean, it's just, it's just gonna get worse. I think I'm, I'd be interesting to see how, uh, how OnlyFans um, in the future like continues to like uphold their platform after this because it's just there's a lot of negativity at the moment. You know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me the naivete here. Reminds me of um, when some of the Kardashian ladies, not Kim Kardashian, but one or one or two of her sisters, um, they appropriated, and I'm using that term extremely loosely, um, images of of album covers. And uh, I think Biggie and Tupac and uh, a couple other things. And they put them on T-shirts and then put their likenesses over them. And they just put them, they put them up on the net, not knowing, and I don't know how they didn't know this, but not knowing that that's illegal to take someone else's images and use them. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, I sat back going, well, I'm an older guy. You know, Chris, you and I are older. We, we would know enough. And we also, we, we deal in intellectual property our own all the time. Mm -hmm. We would know enough not to do something like that. It mm -hmm. wouldn't even cross our minds, but these these young ladies didn't know that. Now, I don't know if it's if it's a matter of naivete or if it's a matter of, and I hate to say this, not caring. And and I'm mm -hmm. wondering, like, with someone like Bella Thorne, like you just said, Chloe, it's like, didn't she have an assistant to say, whoa, whoa, whoa slow down, slow down? This is probably not a great idea. And mm -hmm. you're and not only that, but it's kind of illegal to rip people off. I mean, where, where, mm -hmm. where, where's the mindset? Is it because I I live kind of above normal things? I don't care, or I'm just kind of not bright enough to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And you don't okay. know which it is. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, what, as someone who comes from such a different, she's got such a platform anyway, but she comes from yeah. such a different background um, than I think anyone working on OnlyFans. She was going to be the biggest star to ever grace the platform. So, um, if she was truly researching a movie role, she really didn't do a good job of it, did she? Right, right. Well, you know, the research say. itself, right, Chris? <laughs> and, that's, and that's what's so embarrassing about this. I mean, it's one thing to say, I, I screwed up, I want to make it better, you know, and I did hear that she's kind of trying to talk to only, only fans. But again, it's like, you know, for someone who's already been pretty much caught in a falsehood, you know, because yeah. there is no movie role, um, that's you have to take everything from that point as being like, look, we're not going to believe you until you actually, you know, deliver. Um, because if you've already, you know, told us a fib about one thing, then why should we believe you going forward? Which makes the whole situation even worse. Yeah. And then you've got OnlyFans who, this is like we mentioned before, really convenient on their part that they started to make this policy after this. It's like, and even though they've denied it, it's like, you know, that's just doesn't ring true. I mean, this is just, it's pretty clear that you guys like, Typically, with a lot of social media platforms, they overreact when something happens like this. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's yeah. just and it's just a, and especially like you mentioned, I mean, it's just like it's, it's the worst possible time for this because so yeah. many people have now mi migrated over to OnlyFans who can't do live performances or don't feel yeah. safe doing you know sex work you know you know with intimate contact. Um, so it's like you know just you know this is just the worst thing. I do hope she gets called on the carpet for this, or at least really sincerely trying to make an effort to fix it because if she doesn't then this is going to be a mitigated disaster for yeah. her as well as only fans 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it almost reminds me of uh, when Hustlers came out. Do you remember that movie that came out with Jennifer Lopez? Oh, yeah. And it's mm -hmm. all about... mm -hmm. Yeah, and everyone was like, all, all the dancers who went, well, pretty much everyone I know went to watch that film. And they were like, the way they've done it is so great. I mean, obviously, the storyline mm -hmm. was not the most positive um, for, the, for the dancers themselves. But the way they they publicized it all in the media and everything and and um how Jennifer Lopez was was graceful in her part in the mm -hmm. film and so was Cardi B um i can't imagine anyone in the sex industry going to watch a Bella Thorne movie again whether it's about sex work or mm -hmm. not you know i think that um if she'd done this well there is such a community a sex work community sex industry community where we would have all flocked to the cinemas and yeah and and seen this movie that she'd like yes. researched with only fans but now it's just i mean even if there was a movie there's definitely not going to be one now and that's that's a shame because i mean the gentrification of the industry um could be such a positive thing i think it not being such a dirty kind of underground Mm -hmm. you know job because right. it is a job just like any other job really right. and um right. and especially now because there is no clubs and and environment open at all um so it would be really great to have it publicly aired on any platform but just not in such a negative way right. and that's yeah, right. exactly it, you know yeah if it was um, positive you, you you could benefit from it you know and, and in yeah. a million ways yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is a shame, really. But I'm so excited to see like, my little self behind my computer screen at home. Like, unfortunately, I don't have an Only OnlyFans account. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep up with my friends to see what how it how it affects them like in the coming months. That would be interesting to see. Well, mm -hmm. you, and this this could be a last point if we, if we wanted to make it. You know, it's the same thing happened for Chris and I because we're writers of Erotica when yeah. uh, when Fifty Shades came out. You know, mm -hmm. that could have been a boon. It, well, first of all, it was a boon to the books and movie industry, without a doubt. But but it depends on how it was perceived. And mm -hmm. and it can be a positive thing because it becomes a mainstream thing and then writers of erotica could get a, could get a leg up. Or if yeah. it was seen negatively, and, and it kind of cut down the middle there, you know. So these big mainstream moments, like the movie you just mentioned, Hustlers, and yeah. Bella Thorne, a big star like that, going on OnlyFans, when these when major mainstream culture tickles into our industry for want of a better mm -hmm. term it it can be it can be a widely wonderful thing or it can be completely destructive you know mm -hmm. yeah and, and, and I, yeah. I love your i love your term of gentrification of sex work i think that's really a an excellent term and a beautiful way of saying it because it is it's like it's like there's a certain power in mainstreaming but there's also like a big negativity because it's like Again, people don't know how it works, and they, they end up like not treating it seriously. I mean, it's like they're like any industry. There's always risks as well as benefits, and you know, someone who doesn't understand it could could completely like warp the whole perception by because of their ignorance. Yeah. Um, and that's mm -hmm. the thing. It's like you mentioned Fifty Shades. I mean, Fifty Shades are great for for erotica, but crap for the BDSM community because everything in there is like a poster child of what not to do mm. and yeah. you know yeah. so it's like it yes it gave exposure but it also you know probably hurt a lot of people because of its misinformation yeah yeah absolutely i mean after after fish shades of gray i know like personally through friends and myself the amount of dungeons that were booked out in london mm. <laughs> and when it came mm -hmm. out and people you know their husbands and wives trying to trying to frisk up their marriage and doing the little, you know, I, I don't even remember, like a lot of my girlfriends were like 
all of our regular customers who actually come in and use the dungeons for what they're supposed to be used for can't get a space because Fifty Shades of Grey's come out. I'm like, yeah. oh mm-hmm. no. And, and even then it was just like, you say it went straight down the middle for you guys. Um, but it was it was very similar here, but for the dominatrixes themselves, you know, um, mm-hmm. they were being asked to work and, and tickle people with, you know, uh, feathers and use light floggers, but not actually you know, and, and teach other um, couples how to flog each other, giving like little lessons on the book mm-hmm. and things like that. It was just mm-hmm. very odd. Um, and so the un- the underground dominatrix scene was also very affected. So it's, it's interesting that you say that um, f- from the writer's perspective, you guys. Like, that's interesting for me to hear. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I, I think, you know, we're all affected. You know, all of, all of us who work in the sex-positive field, whatever, we're, however mm-hmm. we do it, you know, um, we can be a fa- I mean, there's trickle down all the time, you know, and big and small. But but the bigger the star is, or the the bigger the the footprint, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Chloe, tell us a little bit about. Um, we're, I know you don't have a lot of time, and I, I just want to get in as much as possible. Yeah, tell us a little bit about um, what's coming up for you in the future. If you ever, if and you know what what, what you're working towards at this moment. Beyond, you know, I know the podcast and all stuff, but tell us what you know. What's what's in the, what's in the Chloe mix at the moment? <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately, just the podcast, and I'm working on adult work, which is um, actually, I mean, I've been asked a few times, like, is it is it different, like, money wise and and like time wise to working in the clubs? And yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's a lot. It's I get a lot more sleep. <laughs> I'm a bit more chilled out, and uh, I don't get like. I don't know. I'm not drunk every night, or at least like on the party <laughs> vibe. It's kind of nice to just be a little grandma getting up at like nine o'clock in the, or like eight o'clock in the morning, which is early for me, mm-hmm. and and working a day's work, which is like strange for us us in the in the industry <laughs> that have been working crazy hours. Yeah, so yeah. Corona's Corona's done quite a lot for my skin. Um, so I'm like thankful <laughs> for to, that. You don't have to worry about falling off your heels either, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Like, right. Exactly. You know, I've got all right skin, and I my liver is still working. Well, so there you go. Yeah, that's kind of life. Yeah, really. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so at the moment, I'm just I'm just like living a healthier lifestyle. Um, and yeah, and doing the podcast, it gives me a lot of time to do that and meet great people like you and have like interesting conversations. Um, so for now, I think I'm going to stay at home working working online. At that for me, even if the clubs did open, I don't yeah. really see people spending a lot of money in a strip club anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you, have you been to a lot of strip clubs in your life? Oh no, no. I mean, Chris, I, I can't speak for Chris, but I, my strip club experiences have been very well. I used to work work for one here in the city as doing their their external PR a little bit. Um, so cool. that's when I would go in. But I my strip club experiences are very, 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 very little. I, I don't do mm-hmm. them. And I don't know about Chris, but um, yep, same yeah, thing. We, it's like I think I've probably been to six in my entire life, right? Um, right. You know, and that was just kind of like with friends, kind of like, hey, let's do this kind yeah. of thing, um, yeah. as opposed to like being a regular, you know, kind of. Even though I'm, I'm a big proponent, like Ralphie is, of sex work, and exactly. and you know, as as you know, tremendous respect for people that do it. It's just not one of those things that yeah. kind of you know went for yeah. me. Um, I'm you know, the last time I think I went was like you know. Boy, it was like probably 10, 12 years ago. Oh, it's I mean, been a while it was for me. Well, yeah. Well. yeah, I, but yeah. I like the way that um uh, that like how people are starting to adapt now with the with the pandemic. You know, like you know a lot of like you know like you mentioned before, like yourself, a lot of people are now going online using things like OnlyFans or Instagram or virtual strip clubs and so forth. Yeah. There's actually a a strip joint up here. I live in Eugene, and there's one in Portland. I have a, a devil dog. I I'm sorry if I missed that wrong. 
but they're actually really have interesting ways of coping with the pandemic because now they have like a drive through stripping and they have yeah, like so you know, the, the strippers too. will deliver food yeah, and they'll always right. be masked up or they'll do things in public with, you know, with, you know, like car washes and such. So there's no actual human contact or even like in the same proximity. Mm-hmm. I do think yeah. it's kind of inventive how they're doing that. And also know some places in Vegas are doing the same kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And Chloe, yeah. just to be honest, just to be you know, completely frank, I only go, I only go, the only stripping I, is, I get into is when, when Chris does it, you know, of course, <laughs> you know, that, that's what I'm all in, you know. <laughs> you send me a little link to this, I'll definitely have a watch. Uh, absolutely. You make absolutely. a wonderful person. Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so we are back at Licking Non-Vanilla. We were just talking to Chloe and unfortunately, um, over the transcontinental uh, line here, we lost her at the very, very tail end before she gave us all her deets. But I will promise to give you all her deets on the blog about this show. Uh, at, but remember, um, so so you get all that good stuff about her. She's going to send all that good juicy stuff, Chris. She said, and um, you know, yeah, she was a delight. That was absolutely delightful. Yeah, she was cool so wonderful. We definitely got to get her back on again for sure. Uh, you know, we said that about all, I guess, right? That's I mean, true. That's true. We haven't had a sucker so far. I no. mean, it's just like. Other- you know, no, knock the, uh, on word. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 host of suckers, but everybody else is great. <laughs> exactly. Um, we're waiting now for another for another lady to come on, and we I guess we'll just BS a little bit right now. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we we we've often said this about the intersection of mainstream culture in in the sex world and how mm-hmm. it is good and bad both. You know. Um, exactly. Exactly. Like we mentioned before about like Fifty Shades. I mean. Fifty Shades. I mean, the people in the erotical world were like eek, squealing like schoolgirls. Um, you know, I know, like you know, a publisher who shall no, not rename nameless was like, okay, we're gonna label every book we've gotten in the catalog now with something to tie to Fifty Shades. But meanwhile, the BDSM world was kind of tickled that they're finally getting a little bit of recognition, but also infuriated because the information in the book is wrong. You know, mm. on every level. Mm. Yeah, it's just. You know, but but this happens all the time with, you know, happens in science fiction too. You know, in the, the little niche that we love in science fiction, you mm-hmm. know, when Star Wars came out, suddenly everything was science fiction. Yep. You know? Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I often like to say that that Star Wars kind of ruined science fiction because, it did. And you know, I for mean, a while there, it was kind of like underground and it, it sold well enough, but not too much. And then after Star Wars, it's like, oh my God, it just the market got flooded. Yeah. And and Harry Potter is the same way. I mean, exactly. Harry Potter, you know, people a lot of people blame Harry Potter for ruining fantasy because now every fantasy book has to have, you know, the chosen one and the school and all yeah. this kind of yeah. stuff. It's just like, you know, you're right. It's like it, it's the the good news is it, you know, generates interest. The bad news is it usually kind of like floods the market with a lot of copycats. Right, right. Yeah, and this is what happens. You know. Mhm. Mhm. I think that I think that you know we, I, you know it's what it's funny because when you work in a niche industry or or a niche part of that industry as we do, um, I don't I don't want accolades because of that. Mm-hmm. I like a I like a a normal uh, you know a normal airing as anybody else gets, you know, warranted to how much work you do, of course. But mm-hmm. but then when sometimes when the things when things blow up. And you initially go, this is fantastic. I mean, this is what I've been working for all my life to get here. And mm-hmm. then a couple of months go by and the dust settles and you find you're in the mainstream. A lot of what was special about what you did 
gets diluted. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Exactly. And, and, you know, you almost, it's almost like, you know, it, it was like the ubiquitous cult band when I was in high school. There were certain bands that were cult bands, you know, they, they, they would sell oh, out yeah. like little theaters in the area and do their tours. And anybody who was into them, you know, you had like a cadre of people who were into them. And it was cool because everybody kind of knew a secret, you know. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally one of those bands would blow up, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Rush because there was a, a band like that. Um, and and uh, that's what happens. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, y- y- everybody everybody loves them. And you're like, well, I, I was into them years ago, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. now, oh, I know. I, it's like, I mean, the Marvel movies are a good example. I mean, I, you know, I... You know, I was so tickled to finally see the the comic books that I had loved as a kid. You know, suddenly getting these wonderful mainstream, big blockbuster movies. But then, you know, you know, little jokes would just fly by a lot of people's, you know, you know, over their heads. And I'm like, wait a minute, I remember that, and that's from right. this, and you know, and you know, and so forth. I mean, you know, I I like also the fact that, you know, sometimes these things can really get in, you know, bring in new interest into a genre. But at the same time, when it's a when it's a bad version. You know, it also kind of like, you know, like when they remake classic movies, it's like, why the hell did you do this? I mean, you know, oh, I mean, it just makes my blood boil. I mean, if you're, if you're remake a movie, remake a bad movie, you know, I make it better. Yeah, I know. know. It's like, instead we have like a remake of the Manchurian Candidate. We have a remake of like, you know, all these other classic Classic movies. Classic movies. You know, what the hell are you doing? It's the original one was a masterpiece. What, what the hell could you do? (laughs) Or they think, they think like. A reimagined version, like a live action of uh, of Grinch. I'm like, well, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Like, like, mm-hmm. why, why would you even like? Why, why would you even tape that? Why would you even attempt something? I, I mean, I'm saying mm-hmm. why. I know why, but the point is that, it, like you're saying, there are just things that you look at and go, you know, may, maybe if you had an original idea, your own, as opposed mm-hmm. to doing something else or making a, a you know, another, another mind numbing sequel. It's like. God, what are we doing here, you know? Yep. Well, I mean, I don't understand why. I mean, that's the fact of the matter is it's like it's easy to get financing. So if you say, like, we're going to remake Casablanca and we got, you know, you know, fill in the blank, Keanu Reeves interested in it, you know, the people who have the money go, okay, I can see that. You know, it's like, it's, you know, this person's a big, big name. The movie, the original movie's got some track record. So, you know, but meanwhile, it's like all the independents that are really weird and unusual, they don't get any kind of attention whatsoever. Um, and so it's just, they end up doing it because it's a safe bet. And unfortunately it's like a wrong decision on every level. I know. <laughs> now, Chris, I'm going to try to get our, uh, our next guest on. Cool. So let's hold on everybody. I hate to do this to you like this, but sometimes you just got to take how technology leaves it and, uh, exactly. go with what you can. So here, I'm making a call now. Hello. Hi there. I'm a, it's Bailey, right? Yes, it's me. Hello, hello. How you doing? Oh, fantastic. Can you hear Chris? Doing That's Chris. Well. Can you hear How about Chris? Yourself? Say hi, Chris. Cool. Hello. Hi. That's Chris Mailing. <laughs> hi. Um, hello. How are you guys hearing me? Am I clear? Yeah. Oh, perfectly loud? clear. Yes. How about how can you hear us? Okay. Yeah. Let Wonderful. me just. Okay. This is so much better. Good. This is great. This is perfect. Good. Well, we are talking right now, as we speak, because we're talking and we're speaking, Chris, we're talking to uh, <laughs> Mei Ling, and we're going to talk all about what she does, which is some pretty interesting stuff, actually. Not your, not your normal, the normal run-in-the-mill, uh, go into a store, buy, buy a carton of milk kind of stuff. She 
<laughs> interesting lady, and uh, she works on the what I would call the sex positive side of of, of the world and and business. And um, Mayling, let's let's say exactly in your words what you do and what you are, so we don't get any kind of confusion. Thank you, thank you. Well, first of all, what is normal nowadays, right? That's true. <laughs> exactly. True. <laughs> so who knows? This might be the new norm. <laughs> oh, I hate that term. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so tell tell I, us in your in your words. I want to hear how you you describe it. I if people want to label it, I would say I'm a professional dominatrix. But what I personally do is I take my submissives on an explorative journey to explore their submission deeper and give a little bit more purpose into their lives. Um, it's a spiritual, very connective uh, experience and uh, overall very healing journey. <laughs> and does one do what you do, one being you, uh, across cam or in person or both? Pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Remember, that, that's going to be the new BC, right? It's going to yeah. be PC. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was doing it in person, and now obviously for everybody's uh, security and safety risks, I am doing just online. So this is okay. on cam, through text, um, voice messages. Okay. You can still get that experience. You can still feel that power when you speak with someone, when you're allotting a certain amount of time to really hone in on a session with somebody and truly give away um, your your power to them. Hmm. So, but do you find that you had to increase, change, or up your skills in that way because of doing it the way you're doing it now? Absolutely. I just started doing or focusing more on my online work this quarantine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, changing from in-person to online, you can't do certain things. Right. So you get a lot more creative with your words because now you're just capturing all the senses with just your words and mm -hmm. describing every single thing can be very juicy as well. <laughs> That's interesting. Because, I mean, being writers like we are, Chris, you know, I guess words, we always say words are important, but I guess what, what <laughs> Mei Ling is saying is they're very important these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. It it means a lot. And I know that saying something is some, one thing and then actually physically doing it and participating in the act is another thing as well. So you can play in the realm of the fantasy and talk about all of these things, which may not come into fruition, but it's very fun to talk about. Right. <laughs> and the actuality of it You know, no, when it comes time. Extrapolating from that then, do you find there's things you're exploring um, with your clients that you don't see now because you can't see now? that you would not normally do in person? Absolutely. I mean, we talk, and I guess if you guys are writers, it's just like writing fiction, 
you know, mm-hmm. it's the fantasy realm. So, yeah, things get real bizarre. <laughs> I mean, Aliens, but... <laughs> monsters, you name it. <laughs> well, I was thinking because, not because, only because you have the facility of of online and, and words now. And, you know, like you said, you can't create a monster live or something. But I was thinking, say there's a, ta- for instance, there's a thing you don't do when if somebody were to come see you live and in person, but something that you would do now because you know you have the safety of not seeing them in person. Do you do you consider that kind of stuff? I do. Um, one of them being a lot of taboo play. And uh, excellent point. It's, <laughs> it's very, um, to me, I it's a very close one to me because, you know, we grew up, some of us grew up with brothers, sisters, mm-hmm. you know, our elders have a certain attraction to them. And you're not going to act on it in person per se, but it's very nice to think of that mommy play or daddy play or, ooh, that brother right. <laughs> as a cuckold <laughs> or something, you know? So it's it's very juicy <laughs> to talk about <laughs> without the actuality of bringing in um, this their brother or sister or yeah. whatever in a non-consensual way. Now, are there there's some hard and fast rules that you have in person that you also have on uh, online in and on, online encounters? Um, online, I'm a little bit more lenient. I mean, with my words, obviously, I paint a very broad uh, painting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in person, I am very much stricter as such with like no nudity um Mm -hmm. no worship in such a manner of like pussy worship or any of that um but when it's online and they physically cannot touch me you know those boundaries are a bit lower interesting interesting so Chris, jump in here. Give, give. You know, I, I know you. I know you're dying to ask her some questions. So go ahead. <laughs> well, I just think it's. I think it's fascinating because it's like it is. You, you you point out because one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is like they look at the whole situation with COVID as being like what you can't do, and I like the fact that you're touching on it. Actually, gives is more liberating, you know, because you can actually use fantasies that you would never, you know, produce in reality. And again, it's the power of imagination so i think that's absolutely wonderful um you know because it's again it's like you know it's it's this kind of adaption to how this is working we were just talking to someone about like stripping and so forth and how that's had to change um but i do think it's like you know because a lot of like you know dom work or at least not just a lot but some dom work it does involve like a fantasy it's a manifestation of a fantasy so you can actually sort of amplify that so this is really cool well i guess we have to adapt right i mean that's that's what mm-hmm. what Separates us from the from the little bow weevils in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and it and it, and it dispo- I always say disposable thumbs, but um, <laughs> let's let's just take a second. I just want to let everybody know you're looking to, listening to Licking Non Vanilla, and uh, we're talking to we're talking to a very interesting Dom today because I, I didn't really I didn't even think about any of these aspects that we, where we're touching on. And before we go any further, May, could you, can you give us um in uh, where people can find you. I'm going to write it up on a blog when we put the episode up, but 
I'd like to hear from your, you know, your, your pretty little mouth to tell people how and where they can find you presently. Absolutely. They can find me on my website, which is Miss Mailing, M-I-S-S-M-A-E-L-I-N-G.com. And then I'm very active on social media with Twitter, which is at Miss Mailing, M-I-S-S-M-A-E-L-I-N-G. And for Instagram, it is Adorable Dom, just all one word. Adorable and then D O M M E. <laughs> well, we've seen your pictures. Cool. So I could say I could say that that title is very true. Adorable, definitely. <laughs> um, so, may, tell tell us how a nice girl like you got into this profession. Oh, wow! This is I'm going to say trigger warning at first. Okay. Um, oh. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, little bit of a backstory. At the age of 15, I was raped, and that's how mm-hmm. I lost my virginity. Mm-hmm. 16, 17, I was uh, held hostage and sexually assaulted by a family friend. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, you can imagine, I hated men. <laughs> sure. I absolutely had was just living full of fear and uh, kind of living like a ghost. Um, and for me, there was a little part of me that was twisted and was like, I kind of like this though. (laughs) And so later on, um, when I met someone who I really trusted, I asked them to rape me again Mm -hmm. or like play that scenario. Right. And that moment just released everything for me. I got to experience everything that has happened to me and really come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. And um, then I became curious of like, well, what would it feel like if I was on the other side? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, quote unquote, consensually raping someone else. Right. And that's how I found the community. And, you know, there are a lot of men out there that want to have this happen to them. Oh, <laughs> And uh, the men who want this to happen to them are just so sweet and caring and respectful, most of them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, um, yeah, they really changed my perspective on men in my life and how supportive they can be and how caring they are. And uh, that was the moment that I was like, I want to do this like live this life. Um, so it's been a beautiful journey, a really healing journey for me, really meditative and um, just an overall beautiful experience. I know this doesn't um, take place of therapy, but it was therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And so I love to hold the space for others in such a manner as well. Well, you de- you determine how it fits in your life or doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, if it's, it's- certainly therapeutic for you um you're the only one who can determine that anyway but i I like the fact that seemingly you're learning from the experience as much as anybody else is you know Mm -hmm. absolutely everything is a learning experience Mm -hmm. even if you do it a second time honestly it's not the same exact time that you did it as the first time and you'll gain a little bit something different from it a new perspective a different feeling um with sessions, we, even with my regulars, 
you might think you know somebody and you might think like, oh, this is what we always do though. But, you know, it's very dependent on their day and what's going on with them presently that could affect a lot of different things. So, mm-hmm. Well, you know, Chris, we, we've been involved in, in giving classes at kink conventions and we've met a lot of people in the, in the, you know, in the, in the world of domination and submission, you know, and, uh, I think I think what we're talking about here is is the main ingredient to it, which is ultimately um, being open enough to to learn and also people coming to it with, mutual, with a mutual respect. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely, and that's why I was. Thank you very much for sharing that. That that is very powerful and very very poignant. I'm just so happy that you've you that you that BDSM has been such a positive and therapeutic aspect in your life that's extremely touching and, and yeah, it's and nice to hear actually. exactly extremely powerful i mean i know that that it is you know i wouldn't say common but it is something that does exist in the bdsm community people who use it as a, a therapeutic practice or to help you know issues like you know self-esteem or you know other factors of well uh, i know i i definitely have um, so it, it's nice to see that, you know, coming out because for some people it's just, you know, fun. I mean, that's all there is to it. Um, but you know, and I'm glad also that it's, it's helped process this because I think that's, again, it's like, I think a very, very powerful tool. And I really want to thank you too, because, you know, it's like, you know, your attitude about being a Dom is really very positive and very nurturing, I guess I could say without knowing too many details, which, you know, sometimes you know, some doms are just like, yep, whatever, I'll spank you, and where's the check? Um, but there's a sense of real care in, in what you're doing. Yeah, um, I guess people say it's like the mommy-dom type of thing, but it's mm-hmm. also, it really throws people for a loop when they show up and they're just like, oh, wow, you look so sweet, and I'm petite, I'm very small, I'm 5'4", mm-hmm. so it's just you really hurt me and then dom mode goes on and i'm like you want me to hurt you you want me to be mean and they're like oh i'm so scared right it's like, why is that coming from it's the quiet ones you gotta work you always worry gotta work out, watch out for you yeah quiet we all watch for the quiet ones exactly <laughs> it reminds me of the people who um are in those food eating competitions and you're just like really that guy is gonna eat all i know that? right <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like real skinny what the how's he gonna get all those hot dogs down yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> May, t- tell us all what, what's going on for you currently and what's going to come up in the in the future as best you can tell what 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 you're into mostly now and what mm-hmm. what you're working on Currently, I just started filming a bunch of clips, so okay. that's been a whole new cool. journey, learning a lot about uh, technology, really. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the yeah. The back end of all this work, editing, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, for the future, yeah, just continuing growing in this community and really shining light on how you don't really have to be the dom that everybody thinks that you should be um yes. the yes. way that people look at a dom you think leather latex oh she's so strict and vegetarian and yeah that is one archetype um but you can really be your cute self your sweet self and just guide people in a different way and that is really just be yourself 
and people are going to love you for it. <laughs> well, that's that's the big thing, right, Chris? The, the confidence Absolutely. yourself, right? Absolutely. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that because that is very true. It's like, you know, um, you know, it's a kind of it's a universal kind of myth that people think I should be this kind of dom as opposed to you know, create the dom that you want to be. And it could be anything. I mean, it could be silly. It could be fierce. It could be elegant. It could be, you know, playfully chaotic. That's the whole thing. It's just like create the one that you speaks to your inner dom mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to find something that you wear like a uniform. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And people will know when you're not yourself. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yes, yeah, sincerity's so going to come through, right? Yeah. Um, a really good uh, little thing that's going to throw people for a loop is I call one of my subs dad. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, he, our play he, over a year and he is a father in mm -hmm. real life. Um, but he treats me as if like, you know, please drink water. Please make sure you've eaten. He just checks up on me to like ensure Aww. that I'm taking care of myself. And I think that's like, sweetest thing outside of play you know like yeah. during play it's very different but outside of play i'm like oh yes i will eat because i'm awful at that <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean all it's just it's just nice when people care for each other on even the most cursory level you know um whether you have a deep relationship with somebody or or, or not even i i always think that it it's just we have too little of that these days mm-hmm where, where we just we just we, we could be civil that that's that's a whole you know that's a whole nother argument but it's just nice when people are, are caring and nice to each other and approach each other even if they have differences of opinion they approach each other sweetly and and respectfully I mean it, you know it, we could do with more of that across the board mm -hmm. uh, on, on every level you know very much so and I mean especially nowadays with instant gratification yeah. instant everything. <laughs> and if you don't get that you're just out of here mm -hmm. but honestly just talk to me like i'm a human a basic human you what? know mm -hmm. you pay me first being mean to you but after, <laughs> you know otherwise i'm just a really nice person right. <laughs> just a nice lady <laughs> <laughs> um all right so let's do this one more time tell tell everybody where they can find you I'm going to reiterate it again uh, on the uh, on the blog, but tell everybody where they can find you uh, because sometimes when people listen in on the show, they come in right now or they got mm -hmm. the last couple minutes, and I want to make sure they get all the facts, Jack, about you, Mailing. So get, give us to give us give it to us again. You can find me at MissMailing.com, M-I-S-S-M-A-E-L-I-N-G, or find me on Twitter, Miss Mailing. Or Instagram, adorable dom d o m m e, all one word. And Chris, I'd say adorable inside and out, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, um, Mailing. We can't thank you enough for taking the, the small amount of time you did today. Um, we, you know, um, moving along as we try to do all the time, but um, <laughs> we thank you so much for coming on and giving us your your insight, which I find, and I think I can speak for Chris, very refreshing. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. You you just been nothing but the bomb, lady. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so sweet, and, and we'll be in touch because once once the show goes up, uh, probably next week from when we're recording it, um, I like you know I'll send out the blog and you can tweet and twat it to everybody and uh, 
<laughs> we'll do everything we need to do. But thank you very much. You continue to have best of health, mental and physical, and uh, thank you so, so much for coming on Licking on Vanilla. Absolutely. Th take care of yourself, and thank you very much. Thank you. I wish you guys the best, and stay safe wherever you are. Um, hope you're not near any fires. <laughs> <laughs> you stay, stay well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Chris. Yes? Wasn't that wonderful? That was wonderful. She is absolutely delightful. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I say it time and again. The people that we get on the show, mm -hmm. other than the hosts, are just, <laughs> yeah, are, we're the only we're the only doubtful part of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're the only Chris. ones. We're, we're the, <laughs> Chris, we are definitely the weak link. Without a exactly, doubt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We gotta step up our game here because I we're know. starting to look. You know, it's like. Pretty soon it's going to be like, oh, do we have to listen to those guys again? It's <laughs> just like, right, you know, just right. put, the, put the hosts on all the time. But, yeah, we're fairly fortunate to have some yeah. really wonderful people. And I definitely think we should have so many people back on again just to talk more. That's because the problem. There's you know, always we, thing. It's like there's always thing to learn. You know, that's the problem. We're starting to get a lot of people that want to come on the show, which I'm very happy about. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, well, we, uh, we can't keep up with – if we're going to have people back, it's, you know, it's hard to, like, keep up with that, you know? Exactly. Because you want exactly. to have more people on, but at the same time, everybody we have on, I want to revisit, you know? Exactly. You got it. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Um, <laughs> all right. So this has been, I believe, Licking on Vanilla. Yep. As it always ha as it always kind of is. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just been great. It's just been wonderful and very happy about it. And, uh, and this show has been phenomenal. And it has been. So, it has been. Always delightful. Yes. And 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 as and we are always delightful, Chris. <laughs> um, all right, so I will I will talk to you. I'm I'm sure very very soon again. Yep. This has been Ralph Greco Jr. and Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian. And this has been Licking on Vanilla. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you very soon. Very very. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. And visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com. <laughs>